welcome to another episode of the Independent Grind Podcast. Wherever you are, however you're listening, we've got a loaded show for you as we head west to Texas. Independent Grind, a conversation about the independent coffee shop and why we love her. Our first travel episode in quite a while, Matthew is going to take us cross-country to the small town of Midland, Texas. That's right, Midland, Texas, where he has visited Higher Grounds Coffee Shop. For any fans of Friday Night Lights, and I mean the OG book and movie, not the melodramatic show that dragged on five seasons too many. Matthew actually visited Ratliff Stadium at Paramian High School, where it all went down. That must have been uh, pretty cool, huh? I guess now would be a good time to, to apologize. I should have put in the pre-show notes that I actually haven't seen Friday Night Lights, but... <laughs> <laughs> but dude, you're going to... There are going to be so many people that are frustrated. That's a very polarizing topic. People love Friday Night Lights, the show. And for you to just... For us to trash it like that without you having seen it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the friends I was with thought it was really cool, though. <laughs> well, the thing I love about doing this podcast is that we're always on call. I mean, you went to West Texas on a backpacking trip with some friends, right? Thinking you were on vacation, bam. You come across a great coffee shop that our listeners absolutely need to know about. Uh, I assume you traveled with your notebook in your in your backpack, ready to go? Uh, of course. But yeah, let me, let me make one small correction. Uh, I did go to West Texas, but... It was primarily a business trip for this podcast. Um, and it just so happened that afterwards I went to Big Bend National Park afterwards. But yeah, as you do, as people do, they go, they typically go, you know, to Texas to review independent coffee shops and then just happen their way on to Big Bend National Park afterwards. Look, I, I bring my tent a lot of places. I'm always, I'm always ready for a good camping trip. But let the record show, my primary purpose for being in Texas was of a business nature. I do have one story from my time in Texas that I think our listeners will probably appreciate and that quite frankly, I just need to get off my chest. So was flying out to Midland on a Thursday, 6 a.m. flight. I had to get up at three in the morning to get to the Atlanta airport to make this flight. And quick layover in Dallas after the first flight. And by the time we get to Dallas, I'm hurting pretty bad. I mean, early, early wake-up call, you know that typically I'm not dependent on caffeine, but this is definitely an exception. Didn't sleep a wink on the first flight. And so we're just stumbling through the, the fluorescent light of the terminal, uh, not really seeing straight. And I'm in a bad place. Like, I, I need some coffee. Then all of a sudden, in bright, shining lights, I saw the temptress herself in my moment of weakness the one you and I have sworn off at all costs. And John, I'm not going to lie. I was just this close to giving in. Well, I hope you didn't give in because I, w- I would be this close to having to find a new co-host. And, and listen, I appreciate the poetic way you're spinning this story, but some of our listeners might not know who the lady in green is. So if you could be a little more specific. If you really want me to put our listeners at risk, that's fine. But if there are any parents with small children, I suggest you cover their ears or skip about 30 seconds ahead. Two weeks ago, when I was in the Dallas Love Field Airport, I almost ordered coffee at Starbucks. But But you didn't. But you didn't. Yes, I didn't. The key takeaway from this is that I did not. Instead, I got coffee at, wait for it, Moe's Burritos. Moe's Burritos (laughs) has coffee? That's disgusting. In the airport, they do. 
What do they have like a little Keur- a little Keurig machine or whatever? Or? Yeah. I, I, look, again, I'm I'm a a novice when it comes to coffee, but I know bad coffee when I when I taste it. <laughs> you had Mo's Mo's burrito like like the were they open? What time were you there? Uh, this, I mean, this was about nine in the morning. And they're open. Oh, I guess it's the airport. So yeah, they had bre- they had, uh, they had breakfast burritos. I did not get the breakfast burritos. That's, that's such a good story, dude. Yeah, that's look. I, I'm glad that I was able to return with a clean conscience. And if anyone questions my dedication to this show, I have two words for you: Mo's burritos. Well, I think that's a great segue into the main section of today's episode, and it is loaded. Take us, Matthew. Take us west. I'm really excited to put higher grounds on our listeners' radars for three reasons primarily. Number one, only one location and no expansion plans. So to all of our listeners, go ahead and pull your hand off the chain endangerment alarm. Number two, the physical space at higher grounds, world-class, possibly the best I've ever been to. And thirdly, and most importantly, it's a community-focused shop. Also, as just a, a brief digression, I got to say, great name for a coffee shop. If I had to power rank all of the coffee shops we've spotlighted so far, I'm not entirely sure where Higher Grounds would fall, but it's definitely up there. And there is a deeper meaning to the name that I discovered after interviewing the owner. The owner, he's a guy in his late 60s named Robert Kirk. And Robert, Texas through and through, former pastor from Midland. And he came out to meet me in a cowboy hat and boots. In fact, I hadn't reached out beforehand because I didn't, I didn't know where, if I was going to visit a coffee shop. When I asked to speak with him, he came right out and talked with me for nearly 30 minutes. Um, so incredibly generous with his time. For Robert, Higher Grounds is at its core a passion project with the ultimate goal of bringing the community together. That's a consistent theme we've started to see throughout season one. And every owner... They, they all have their own unique motivation, but in their own ways, they're all driven to connect with and serve their local communities. I think a great way to, to kick off this episode is just to play a clip from the owner of Higher Grounds, Robert Kirk, explaining why he wanted to start an independent coffee shop in Midland. I see it as a different paradigm for ministry to care for people love on them you know just Mm -hmm. let them know that they matter you know and and i I really want them to feel like more than a customer i want them to feel like that they get attention when they come here that uh, we're not looking seeing who's next in line we're trying to be attentive to the person you know in front of us because because we're we're so alienated with our all our social media and everything else you know there's no real connection and uh you know Nobody has a thousand friends, you know. I mean, let's just put it, but be, be truthful. We don't, you know. But you, you can connect with people and at least have a connection. And of course, not everybody is a friend that comes in, but I, I try to treat them like a friend. I try to treat them like, glad you're here. You know, it's great to see you. You know, that type of thing. And, and we just also, I just have come to appreciate local business so much more. Uh, I, I wish I could buy everything I buy local. I can't because this, I couldn't stay in business. Take care. I just couldn't stay in business, you know, because everything's so expensive. And, yeah. But uh, I do as much as I can local. Man, another great clip from an independent coffee shop owner. And it's great. You can hear him at the end. Uh, 
you know, guests walking by him saying, take good care. Did you plan that? Look, when, when you're out there on the front lines, you, you can't plan anything. You should know that as well as I do. While the menu was not a deciding factor for me at Higher Grounds, they do have some cool things going on that I wanted to highlight. Uh, for our Instagram followers, you would have seen uh, this tall furniture piece that Higher Grounds has with a, a ton of mugs and slots. I don't, I don't know how many mugs they have, maybe 40, 50 in this furniture piece. And so on their menu, they have something called Bottomless Cup, where you can pay $5, grab one of these mugs, and get endless refills for the day. What did you order on their menu? It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't a Saturday, so I know we're not going to get a hot chocolate review, which, uh, you know, I think, our, I think our listeners can do without a hot chocolate review for a week or two. <laughs> Look, every, every good thing needs moderation, so maybe, maybe it's for the best. I had an iced coffee, but I'm just going to, from the start, let you know. I think my palate was probably still recovering from the shock of drinking coffee from Moe's, so... <laughs> I'm that's on you, man. I don't know. I still can't believe you did that. I'm going to to do higher grounds the the service of refraining from critiquing their iced coffee one way or the other. That said, I was fortunate to have a, a field correspondent with me. Shout out Russ, so I can give a secondhand review of the Nutty Irishman, a specialty drink on higher grounds menu with all sorts of chocolate goodness poured into it. So again, I was going to be so mad at you if you did not try the Nutty Irishman, because if you Google Higher Grounds Coffee Shop, I'm not kidding. It's there's like 50 reviews on their website and 49 of them have people mentioning the Nutty Irishman. I so almost got a sugar review, high just from I was going to have to fly out there myself and try it. Yeah, I almost got a sugar high just from looking at it on the menu. So. Again, I didn't try it myself, but here's a few quotes from my correspondent in the field about the Nutty Irishman. It was turtle flavored, like caramel and chocolate, not the reptile. He really wanted to specify that. It was pretty good, but too sweet even for me. Next time I'll stick to the mocha latte. So, I mean, that's one man's opinion. I don't want to be too harsh on. Uh, you know, on, on my field correspondent, but I can promise you one thing. If I would have had the Nutty Irishman, it would not have been too sweet for me. I would have been, I would have wanted more. I would have wanted, I would have wanted a bottomless cup of Nutty Irishman's. You, you might've gotten, you might've gotten them in, in trouble. Higher grounds might've gotten in trouble for over-serving uh, a Georgia traveler um, who couldn't walk out of the place because he had so much sugar in his system. So I'll tell you, some people just can't handle the sauce. There's no harm in that. Well, here's the good news is they there's a hospital right across the street. So <laughs> if you have too much sugar. Hey, every great coffee shop needs a needs a local hospital right across the street. <laughs> All right. Uh, so where does Higher Grounds get their coffee? They use uh, Mount Whitney Coffee Roasters, which is a not-for-profit out of California that does a lot of work abroad fighting world hunger. And Robert uh, seems very connected with their mission. As far as food goes, the woman who heads up the kitchen, super talented and creative. She makes a cookie with espresso powder and an espresso bean in the middle. Definitely wish uh, that I would have been able to take a few of those for the road. And uh, she has a pumpkin bunt cake that in season, everyone's raving about, uh, apparently is divine. 
You mentioned the shop itself as a positive factor for Higher Grounds. Higher Grounds has it all from a from a space standpoint. Uh, tons of room, bright and original decor that livens up the experience. And like I said, don't forget the endless refill program. This is the sort of place that you literally could camp out from open to close. Something we don't talk about enough on this show is diversity in furniture. You might say, what's diversity in furniture? Or maybe you know what I mean. The questions are, do you have hardback seats and comfy lounge chairs? Do you have community island seating alongside four and six person tables? And I'm telling you, this is not me blowing smoke. Higher grounds might be the best physical space I've ever been in. Tons of diversity with regards to seats, tables, options for where to work. It's a great place to just transition into talking about Higher Grounds community focus and their story. Seems like their owner, Mr. Kirk, just has a real heart heart for hospitality. Uh, so if you want to just talk a little bit about that. Robert launched Higher Grounds four years ago, specifically with the local community in mind. So you're absolutely right. Higher Grounds was and remains a shop that's committed to serving Midland. They do a program called Cups of Gratitude, where any police, first responders, medical workers, or teachers can come in and get their coffee for free. And as I mentioned earlier, there's a hospital literally right across the street. So it has to mean a lot for a nurse who's heading to work on a long shift to be able to stop by Higher Grounds and get some great coffee for free. The other big way that Higher Grounds connects with the community is through their artwork. You know how I was raving about the decor inside. Well, that's made possible by local artists. Higher Grounds isn't putting up some hotel art that focus groups have decided makes people want to buy coffee. They're very committed to helping anonymous local artists sell their work and build a name for themselves. I really believe that authenticity rings through when you visit the actual shop. The artists they display keep 100% of the proceeds of the artwork that they sell. And in fact, if you want to buy any of the artwork on the walls, you have to co contact the artist directly. The connection between local artists and independent coffee shops is unique. It's special. Um, it's something that's really important and I, and I hope never goes away. Now, you'd mentioned over the phone that there's even something more unique about Higher Grounds in, in, in particular related to art. Um, can you share that with us? Yeah, the other cool thing that they do from the art angle is they actually have one of their favorite artists come in on Saturdays and paint in the shop, which I don't know if you've ever spent some time watching an artist work, but it's, it's really fun to watch them work live. And it's also a cool opportunity to let the artist build a relationship with potential patrons. I'm more of a watching paint dry guy. So I might want to come in after he's done and just stare at the walls. It's more my personality, more my speed. I've, I've told you before, John, do not condescend. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and transition to uh, a few shots of espresso. I've got a couple of rapid fire questions. Buckle up. Are you ready? I'm buckled. Okay, my first question is, is the coffee bigger in Texas? The mugs bigger? <laughs> are the beans bigger? That's Next a serious question. question. Next question. <laughs> um, this is a good one. Uh, so I'm seeing that they sell chocolate-covered espresso beans. This is on their Instagram page. And my question to you is, do chocolate-covered espresso beans give you energy, number one, and are they Whole30 compliant? Well, they're definitely not Whole30 compliant, but yes, I mean, they're better than a five-hour energy. 
I don't know if you've ever had chocolate espresso beans, but you don't need to eat if you're having chocolate espresso beans. You're, you're, so you'll be fueled chocolate, I Googled chocolate espresso beans, and the number one question asked is, how many chocolate-covered espresso beans can I eat? <laughs> and the answer is, on average, a chocolate-covered espresso bean contains roughly 12 milligrams of caffeine. Adults, therefore, can consume up to 33 chocolate-covered espresso beans without exceeding the safe caffeine level. Which, what's a safe caffeine level? Also, I mean, you're, you're never going to know what you're capable of until you go past it. No, I couldn't agree more. Okay, next question. Favorite actor from Texas? Uh, this is... All right, all right, all nah, right. You know, you know it would pain me to say Matthew McConaughey just because <laughs> of how stereotypical it is. Give me, give me some... Owen Wilson, Tommy Lee Jones, Ethan Hawke, Steve Martin... Okay, George if, W. If those are my options. Said- definitely Steve Martin, because he just really shines in the Three Amigos. Steve Martin's a <laughs> national treasure. She read okay. them too. Best sequel ever made. Hot take. That's like when I was dating my wife. Like she would quote that movie all the time. I was like, she loves movies. Turns out she only loves Cheaper by the Dozen too. It's like the only movie she knows in quotes. Cheaper by the Dozen too. I kid you not. One of the best sequels. No follow up. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to dive headfirst into the deep end of the mailbag. Matthew, take it away. We've got one this week that I really love. Auburn Tiger 20 writes us Gents, big fan, love the show, great journalism, and. I just groove so hard to that intro and outro cruising down the Atlanta streets. I had a calendar reminder to drop a question in the bag this week, so here we go. Number one, when you walk into a coffee shop for the first time, what are the three biggest factors that influence what you try on the menu? Number one, A, is there anything that would totally sway your decision whilst originally being set on what you were going to get before you walked in? Number one, B, what were those three factors at this week's shop, and what did you select? Also, super amped to visit the Jumping Goat this weekend at Yona. Thank you, Auburn Tiger 20. Man, I really love that we finally have a listener with a pseudonym, even if it does have Auburn in the name. John, what's your response to Avi's question? Auburn Tiger 20, thank you so much for the thoughtful question. When I walk into a coffee shop, Three biggest factors for me, number one, the coffee. You have a great cup of coffee, that will make up for a multitude of issues if you have them. Number two, and shout out to listener James, who recommended we really dive into some of the pastries and sweets. If you've got like a delicious scone or muffin or cookie uh, that couples really nicely with a hot cup of joe, huge factor. And then number three, Seating, I mean, ambiance, just the feel of the place. I mean, if, if I walk in and feel like I'm at home or I'm in your living room, huge bonus points. Love walking into a coffee shop and fitting right in. And people that love visiting coffee shops, you know what I'm talking about when you walk in and it's like, oh, this is nice. And then you, you mentioned that you're headed to visit Jumping Goat, which we reviewed several episodes ago. Love that. So just want to say thanks, Auburn Tiger 20. Uh, I guess War Eagle, is that what you guys say? Time to hand out our most coveted award on the show. This week's Grinder of the Week, Morgan from Atlanta. Come on down. 
Morgan was out there grinding on the streets, sipping local, tipping well, I assume. And he actually gave us a voice memo of him reviewing a Bulletproof coffee that he tried at a local coffee shop. For those who may not know, Bulletproof coffee, it's coffee, butter, and MCT oil made famous by the Bulletproof Coffee Company in California. And it's a coffee drink that's linked to high-fat diets like keto. Let's have a listen to Morgan's live reaction to his Bulletproof coffee. What's great about the Bulletproof is that it really brings all the flavor of the coffee that you get with a traditional black coffee with just a touch less of the bitterness um, and a little bit of that yummy fatty flavor that you maybe would get from like a steak. That yummy fatty flavor that you might get from a steak. I would just like to go on the record as saying I was given a pretty hard time in last week's episode for mentioning coffee and chicken in the same sentence. Well, first of all, you were comparing expiration dates on chicken versus coffee. <laughs> One will kill you. The other might taste a little bitter. <laughs> and that's true. Second of all, Morgan's was just, I mean, his comparison made sense. You know, it's I know what a bulletproof coffee tastes like now. So thank you, Morgan. To any of our listeners out there, drop us a voice memo of you reviewing something that you had at a local coffee shop. Give us your name, the drink, and the name of the shop. And if your review is half as good as Morgan's, then you may just have a Grinder of the Week award in your future. So was his, was his coffee, do you think that Bulletproof coffee was like rare, medium rare, well, well done? Like how do you think he had it? How did they, how did they prepare it for him? I, I would have to confirm with him, but I... I'm almost positive that Morgan's a rare guy. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a wrap for this episode of the Independent Grind Podcast. We hope you had as much fun as we did, and we will see you next Tuesday. Go ahead and give us a follow on Instagram, the underscore independent grind. And as always, email us your questions and thoughts at yourindependentgrind at gmail.com. And if you listen on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We hope everyone has a great Thanksgiving. And hey, just remember, give thanks for your local coffee shop. They need your support during the holiday season. Until we meet again, sip local, tip well.